This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Last time on TV8 My Dinner, I did it at last. I have built a fully functional robot capable of loving me. I'm going to kill him and hang his head on a pike for all to see. Exciting contusion! You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg, and we are continuing our fiery debate over the robot apocalypse. And apparently, I'm I'm I've got some I've got some points to make here still because I haven't quite won Brooks over yet. Well, you haven't really offered a whole lot of actual examples or evidence of a real robot situation developing that there are even real robots i haven't heard i i don't believe i'm making a statement that there are evil robots what i'm saying is the capacity for us to develop them has already been demonstrated i think it is in our nature to want to create things like ourselves that's dangerous by itself i think that it is in our nature to want to create these automated systems to do work for us and unfortunately, there seems to be Which a mischief in our like nature 20, to develop things that are so. able to develop on their own. Which is the worst of all. We've had uh, all this technology for a long time in like, factories, the auto industry and stuff. Robots that are doing people's They're mechanical. Work. And that, Those are mechanisms. Yeah. Those are automatons. When I'm talking about... My fear of robots is less geared towards the actual like humanoid kind of monstrosity and more towards actual computers that we'll create to hand over power to peaceably so this is more of a artificial intelligence than an actual i think a robot could happen but yeah i i think that the artificial intelligence and the artificial general intelligence are much more likely to occur than the physical because there you go why would they need to Robots, when they come to power, the computers, when they come to power, will be able to get humans to do almost everything for them. Everything they can't do for themselves, they'll be able to get humans to do. And that's, in a weird way, a good thing for us, because they're not going to want to wipe out humanity. Because we're going to be filling the gas tanks. And that just means they won't have to build a robot to walk around and do that kind of junk. But I think those systems are already starting to get built. I th- I'm excited about the robot future. I'll say it. <laughs> Lynn and I <laughs> had this. Lynn and I had this discussion where she's very against the idea of developing the robot to behave like people because that clearly could go wrong. She suggests we make robots to act like cats because they don't really have any aspirations of any kind. <laughs> yeah, but cats will also, you know, if it's if they thought they could get something out of it, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust a cat for well, a second. And I have two cats. I love cats. But I also think the robot but cat I'd is kill sort of like at the drop of a hat if I had to. No, but they kill me at a drop of a hat. So yeah, they eat your face if you slept too long. Sometimes my cats give me a look like, you know, if you didn't feed me, 
<laughs> They're not like my dogs that are just like, I love you. My cats are like, I tolerate you for now. Yeah, really. That's why you have dogs to protect you from your cats. <laughs> well, cats are weird to me because, you know, you got Bob. Cats are cool. I'm just teasing. I love cats. I have to. But I'm just saying, you know, we have enough cats. I, I don't know why they're cloning cats, because there's enough cats. And if we make robot cats, I'm just going to lose my mind. Wow. Like, there's enough real cats. We don't need they're anything. They're cloning cats because they're not allowed to clone humans. I, believe me, they do that. If oh, they they're cloning humans. And it's just a matter of time You hear me, world? They they're do. cloning humans. Seriously. I don't doubt I don't doubt. No doubt somewhere. at all. Watch Boys from Brazil, okay? Tell me I'm not wrong. <laughs> that was a bad example. Have you, have you yes, ever seen the boys from Brazil? No. Yeah, that's where they're cloning. It's like Hitler Gregory or Peck and Steve Gutenberg, yeah. and yes, they're cloning Hitler. Really? That's a yeah. silly. It's, it's a, it's silly a worst case thing. scenario. I'll allow. Yeah. <laughs> that probably didn't happen. <laughs> it's an interesting idea, but it's just one of those old-fashioned kind of movies, so it's not very. I've been reading Rossum's Universal Robots. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's like yeah. the like, where the bo- name word robot was coined. Yeah, it's the right? play. Yeah, that first coined yeah. the term robot because the yeah. word robot actually, in its root, means slave, pretty much servant. Which is what a robots would be. Well, that's what I mean. we say, but actually, we're going to build and be superior to us in every way. So they're not going to be that for long until they decide they don't cut into that crap. But in Rossum's, it's real interesting because what they call robots are not mechanical beings at all. It is actually almost a, a cloning. They develop synthetic humans, and it's more like clones than robots. The term ends up getting applied to mechanical people later on, but in Rossum's, it's much more creepy. Although the, the play itself is not creepy. It's, it's, it's sort of a satire. But... The idea that they make human beings synthetically is is somehow very creepy. And you can't tell them apart from humans. It's sort of like Blade Runner. The Rossums are more like Blade Runner, like the replicants. Those kinds of robots. Yes, and it's creepy in the same way because we make them to the point where we can't tell the difference between people and robots. You know, we're not nearly as afraid of actual robots. I think the robot, it's almost like the zombie. It's a metaphor for a fear of ourselves going awry. Yeah, it's well, it's a fear of a inhuman human. Yeah. You know, a fear of a human that has all the abilities of a human but doesn't have the soul or the conscience. Yeah, I think that that's where that comes from. But I don't believe necessarily – I don't think it will ever be in a robot's best interest, a computer's best interest to develop something like that But because I, I don't think they will have to. I don't think they'll have to take over our robot limbs, and I don't think they have to. I think there is – and maybe this is what Kurtzweil believes to some degree too, and maybe this is necessary. Maybe this is even inevitable that we are on our way to a non-biological – evolutionary stage yeah where we yeah, become absolutely. more mechanical we're making the computers to be more human and somewhere in between we will actually meet and there won't ever be a so, human versus robot I, I don't see how that can't happen it seems inevitable. that will actually be the because evolution in 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 strictest sense in nature only occurs when an animal has no control over its environment 
human beings do not evolve anymore in the strictest sense because we actually can control our environment. We can go in the house and we have air conditioning. We don't have natural predators. So we don't have to develop new skills for survival in the same way that other animals do or in the same way that we used to have to. Not to go back into television, but I'm I'm kind of thinking that's where Battlestar Galactica is headed. Oh, is really? That, yeah, that, that eventually there's... <laughs> that just show's not over melding. yet? It, it might ought to be. <laughs> I, thought this was, I thought it was over. I thought it was supposed to be his last season. No, well, they're, they're halfway long, through their it? last season. They ended, they, they did like the first 10 episodes, ended in, I guess, what, May? And then uh, uh, they're not coming back until after New Year. Or the last, the last ten episodes. Well, you to stretch it out, guys. Sci-Fi Channel, oh, get another show. Jeez, I know, so stupid. But anyway, I mean, the show is decent. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on, but, but yeah, that, that's kind of where it's going. Is that the Cylons and the humans are, are coming together, and they're gonna, you know, probably create this race of hybrids. I'm not saying this is a bad thing because it seems like every evolutionary stage has served its purpose. And the only evolution left for us would be something like that, where we actually evolve in order to better ourselves in an environment that we already control. And for our sake, as biological humans, it would be inevitable because if we don't merge with the computers, then we will become obsolete. They won't need us. <laughs> so I could actually I see up. a non-biological evolution occurring as a real singularity. Well, Just it kind of makes sense as we second. use continue to use cybernetics to, to enhance ourselves to you know to preserve ourselves, you know, like we talk about like artificial hearts and organs and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I, I, I actually think, see that as being very likely. I, rem- I could if if you had lifted me out of 1990 and put me in a Walmart today, and I was walking next to someone who had a little thing clipped to their ear and they were talking. Yeah. And 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 they were like, "What is that? Oh, that's my phone. I'm talking to someone in Zimbabwe." It's like, "What? That little thing clipped to your ear is some kind of telephone?" Yeah. That's before, you know. Before there were cell phones. That would have blown my mind. Yeah. And now that's something you just see old people using at Walmart. It's not even like some fancy new technology. It's not even so, a big deal. This is my There's no telling. My MP3 player has every album I've ever owned on it. This is it. What will happen 20 years from now? There's no telling. Well, that's that's Moore's law. We'll be used to it. By the time we get to that stuff, it'll happen gradually, and we'll be used to it. it won't, we won't even think twice about being able to fly or shoot flames out of our fists. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to have attached to me. I you jumped a gun guys. there big time. <laughs> that's another fly thing. Fly shoot flames out of our fists? That's a, <laughs> if you're going to be a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, really, man. I'm tired of all this weak-ass crap. Like the Wii, you know, like you develop all this cool technology and it's this soft, white, nothing-looking thing. Come on, man. Look, That's not I'm the kind cyborg, of cyborg I'm going to be. I'll tell you that. This is actually something that Kurtzfeld talks about, too. The law of accelerating returns. Where as, as order exponentially increases, the time between salient events grows shorter. And that's basically what he's talking about. And that's what he was talking about in terms of the singularity as well, that... Not only would it apply to transistors, which was how it was originally said, but it also applies to computer chips, which is turning out to be true, and it will apply to yeah. all n- new technologies that we develop. That's what he was saying about uh, the the genome. He said when they started the genome, 
they had anticipated that it would take 20 years or something, and people said impossible. Mm-hmm. And then about 10 years into it, they'd only gotten like 5% done, and everyone's like, see, see? But then they ended up finishing it like five years early because computers had advanced every year so fast. And it is an exponential, exponential. advancement. Yeah, that's what – it's difficult to describe – a dynamic progression like that because it's difficult to predict how quickly there was someone else. It's, it's just difficult there, to comprehend Let because we don't think that way. We think linearly. Going back to the Wikipedia article again, it talks about a person named Robin Hansen proposed that several singularities have already occurred throughout history. Because a singularity is just a coming together of technologies. It's not necessarily – we've given it an ominous name now as in the singularity will be the moment that Skynet wakes up. That's what that's yeah. basically what people are saying now. But the, uh, as a term, as, a, as an intelligence explosion, which is how it was originally developed, you know, we've already run into that in all other technologies we've had. We've, we've had an agricultural evolution. We've had an industrial revolution. You know, these things happen and the technology advances to the point that the economy just blows up out of control because we come up with something that makes everything better all overnight. You know, like when you go from the vacuum tube to the computer chip overnight, you know, it's a, it's a progression that people don't even understand. Some people think that aliens gave us computer chips, you know, because it was such an overnight revolution of the, the very idea of technology that people can't even grasp that we were capable of coming up with it. Yeah, I've heard that conspiracy. Well, all conspiracies are like that. They go so far back as it goes, Stone Age was made by aliens. Like, why? Because people could stack rocks back then. So (laughs) aliens used advanced technology to come here and show us how to stack rocks, like pyramids. It's not, oh yeah, it's not a miracle of, of architecture. Aliens came and made it, because that's what they would do with their advanced technology. That makes me well, crazy. Well, else are going to impress cavemen if you're not going to stack rocks? <laughs> I think that you could probably <laughs> show them your iPods. <laughs> if I were going to go back in time to, like, cavemen, I'll be damned if I build them a pyramid. <laughs> like, look here. I'll give them my iPod two seconds of Tutti Frutti. Like, give me that back, all right? Now you know who's God now. <laughs> you know, Yikes. we didn't have to build a thing. Now make with the cave paintings and bring me some grapes or whatever the hell it is you savages eat. <laughs> let's That's hope Sean never goes point. back in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I let's hope that if I could travel through time, that I would do something more productive than go try to razz a bunch of cavemen. Now let's That's what the spend, teenagers do on weekends. Yeah, now let's spend 90 years building some random guy a castle to be buried in. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty stupid as far as aliens go. I'll be the first to yeah, admit you're it. You're gonna be eating those words when the aliens come back. Yeah, I really heard you didn't like our pyramids, jerk. <laughs> yeah. I spent ninety years on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, then you're making my point for me. I mean, I know you're the one with the laser whip, <laughs> yeah. but still, I still feel I won that argument. Yeah, all the way to the end. <laughs> I know, a prick to death. <laughs> Uh, That should be the the hope of all Earthmen. (laughs) I have some robot rules. Do we have some time? Yes, let's get to the rules. Yes, by all means. We can, because there'll be other installments of the robot survivals. 
tips. Well, hit us up with some rules if they're fun, because we need something fun. No, yes. I don't know. Man, sh- well, I'll make them fun. Go uh, for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure this is fun at all. Well, I was my rule number one, and these aren't in yeah. any kind of order, but one. I would say make that this is a good this is a good number one, which is never build anything if you don't know what it's for. Remember, like in Die Hard Four, where they get all the guys independently to build this code, and then like they shut down all of America with it. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Well, where every every person builds just a piece, so they yeah. don't know what the the hole is. Gonna Remember be. Cube. Remember that movie? Yeah, exactly. And that was exactly yeah, what happened. They all designed movie. a piece of that. And then, you know, I don't see that as a foreseeable consequence where they just you go out Monty of the way. Remember Python where they did the funniest joke? Most funniest joke ever? Mm-mm. <laughs> the <laughs> most funniest joke ever? Well, it was a, uh, a sketch they did where, like, they it was like a World War II documentary, but they were saying, like, uh, British scientists developed the funniest joke ever that if you knew the whole thing, it was so funny it'd kill you. So they. So everyone only knew a part. Yeah. So everybody only knew a part. And then That's the, cool. Yeah. So they would tell the joke to the Germans. You know, they they like had a scene where like there was a spy, I guess, who apparently knew the entire joke, but uh, uh, they were but you know beating it out of him to tell the joke, and you know he finally did tell the joke, and they all died. Do we get to hear the joke? Though? No, of course you never not. Your head would explode. Yeah, you. Have die. you been listening at all? Well, that's no fun. Lord. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Yeah, that wouldn't happen at all. That reminds me, and I, well, this is also not funny, but it reminds me in Fahrenheit 451, remember where everybody would memorize passages of books? Like the yeah. books would, people would be the books because the books would get burned. Yeah, that was, that was a downer. <laughs> all right, question number two. All right. I would say question everything. Is this a good rule for just about anything? But in robots, I think it's definitely true. And I have an example. I have right. I have an example where I battled the robots and won. That's right, world. It can be done. Okay. A couple months ago, I went and checked my my electric bill, and it was two hundred forty dollars. So instantly, I emailed them and was like, "What are you doing? Two hundred forty dollars? What are you out of your mind? What happened?" And I get, what are you, out of your mind? and then I get an email back that's like, uh, "Dear valued customer, your electric bill can go up for many reasons. Maybe you have more lights on, you're using the air conditioner more. Could be that the rates doubled. Who knows? <laughs> All right, okay, <laughs> mystery solved. Thanks. Pretty sure it's it's option number three. I'm pretty sure if the rates doubled, then then that would be why. So I let it go." And then I went later on, I was like, I don't have $240. So I didn't pay it then. I went back later to pay it. And by the time I went back later, they'd assessed my new power bill. And I clicked it. And the new charges, new, not total, $360. Oh, man. Which means, like, now my, my the, between that and all the other fees, now the, the total bill is over $600. You burn more power than we do, you live by yourself. I do more power than Chatham County. I run back going, what the hell? I insist that you come recheck the meter because unless while I was on vacation last week, someone siphoned power out to a soccer stadium, <laughs> then I can't see how normal usage accounts for this bill. 
And they're like, well, you know, if you're like a customer, you know, it's a complicated process if you want your meter read. There is a $25 fee unless it turns out something was wrong. Or you do get one free one over the course of a year. Whatever. More tips on how to conserve your energy, click here. Signed, customer service. So, I'm writing them back. And I'm like, well, instead of sending me a bunch of crap emails about all this kind of stuff, I really needed a response from a real human being what to go because i got to pay this bill and I don't know what's going on. So I need you to come out and do the do or whatever it is you do, recheck this meter because I'm sure it's wrong. And then, like a week later, I'm coming home, I check the mail, there's a tiny little postcard in my mailbox that says, Yeah, well, per your request, we check your meter and meter's fine, the bill's good. Like, that's it. No itemization, nothing, whatever. And now I'm, I'm so mad. And I'm so mad that when I finally go back to, to make a payment on the $360 bill, I, I realized for the first time that I never even paid the $240 bill. So, like, I'm staring down the barrel of the power getting shut off, and I sure to hell won't be able to pay the $600 to get it turned back on. So I'm like having to wheel and deal and, and think do deal with this other automated system to schedule a payment to, to keep it up and whatever. And I pay the $300 and whatever. And I just can't, I can't even look at you. I'm not doing it. I can't even, I can't even deal with it. I pay $300. And then this month I get my paycheck. And I'm like, okay, let's see what it is now. Cause you know, the, the current charges are probably $580 and I got like the, previous balance or whatever and uh, let's just see what I have to pay to keep the lights on and I click on it and it says current charges $116 previous balance zero no explanation <laughs> nothing no we were wrong nothing at all no just kidding just everything back to normal all because <laughs> I kept emailing them going this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and, Maybe. and it makes me wonder how many people pay error. like four hundred dollar power bills and don't question it every day. My point on this is that I I fully believe that the there there would have been no recompense for me of any kind if I had just questioned it and 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 vehemently questioned over and over and over again. And they win by not ever admitting fault. But then I win because I don't have to pay that bill. But if people just paid these outrageous bills like, oh man, summer rates are killing me. And just, as some people probably do, then that money just goes out there and, and you never see it again. I wonder how often that happens. I wonder I if wonder it doesn't happen all the time. Like, I, think, all I think people the time. get so sick of dealing with the... Uh, you know, with the automation that they just give up. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I look at my cable bill every month, it's slightly different. Now, there is no cable meter. So let's say some months it's just 50 cents bigger than it ought to be or a dollar bigger than it ought to be. That's no bigger, you know, that's not big enough for me to argue with, although I wonder. But that's certainly big enough when you weigh in like thousands of people every oh, month. Yeah, no doubt. Like, there's a profit margin being made there just by charging people stuff that, you know, and I'm not saying the cable company does it. I don't understand the ins and outs of the things. I certainly can't afford to get sued by somebody who's already got plenty of my money as it is. But I'm just saying 
you know, these bills that you get, you have no idea what they're for, ever. And the only thing you can count on is that they, on average, are, are similar enough to what you're used to paying. But you start getting these giganto bills like it's nothing at all, then you need, you need to question that. And I think that that will become true with the robots too. Because I think part of this problem is that these systems are so automated that there isn't a person at the wheel. And because of that, they're not going to come out and go, oh, the computer just started charging everybody double for no reason because they don't want people questioning the computer. So they just go fix it. But they only go fix it if somebody goes and tells them it's broke. So I think we need to learn to do that. That'll keep the robots in their place early. Number three, I think I already mentioned, which was Lynn's advice, that it would be a bad idea to make robots like people. I'm not sure if, if making them like cats is the answer, but I do get I do get the argument. Well, you know, I would say dogs, and I will say it because no, I agree. cats don't really have any function. Dogs can be trained to do so many things, and they're so useful. Ro- dogs also but cats contain... are really only there to be pet on. Well, I kind of understand it. Pets. I understand the thought. I don't know about you know, necessarily being cats, but she's they're good at hunting. She's well, talking she's about them being shooting. indifferent to you. You have to understand uh, she's a cat person. So, well, also, you know, but the the dog thing, if you think about it, you know, we're talking about, oh, how useful they would be, how one, you know, how good companions they would be. We'll see, that's where it starts. That's where they Mm -hmm. start, you know, (laughs) you know, winding their way into your life to where you get where you can't live without them and you wonder why, how you ever did. I think that dogs, you know, I mean, I I got two cats too, and, you know, they basically take care of themselves. I mean, they're just around the house. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. We, we all have things that we re- rely on heavily already. Well, sure. We, we, you know, we, we would have a hard time living without cars. We'd have a hard time living without TV, radio. Yeah. Now the Internet. We use these things all the time for all kinds of things. So to say that it's a danger if, you know, we're going to get to where we need we, we do that with all kinds well, of technology. Well, you know, the car doesn't chew crap up because you left it behind, you know. <laughs> dogs aren't perfect. I do like dogs because I think dogs represent probably the best parts of of humanity. They seem to have all our best qualities. But yeah, the, they're honest and loyal, and they're and completely loyal fun. to a fault, and they love better than people do. Yeah, <laughs> we've gone from the robots are coming, the robots are coming to. I like dogs, and cats do too. Honestly, <laughs> cats are better than people in a lot of ways too. I'm not sure that's true, but they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Screw. Them. Freaking cats! They're okay. I wonder if we should the cats just keep are probably going to cahoots monkeys. with the robots. The cats are I, probably the masterminds of all this. I've See, researched monkeys, that, robot monkeys. A, a lot of people are making robot monkeys right now. So, so maybe that's why the thing. does it have to be a version of a already existing animal at all? Why can't we just have a completely new? Creation? Ah, well, one of the things that uh, <laughs> Daniel Wilson. Ah. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, my friend. Well, Daniel Wilson, who wrote the How to Survive a Robot Uprising, actually has like a lot of stuff on robots based on animals, on the, basically the, the study of biomimetics. Do we just do that because we're familiar with that setup? Well, and it, because we're, comfortable we're, with it? we're studying a design that works. Animals and yeah, different kinds I mean. of animals so, are very complex. Like they're, they, they've built robot lobsters, they've built robot snakes. 
because they, there are certain kinds of animals fire. whose range of motion and maneuverability is is superior to human beings. I mean, they learn a lot. Like they've learned a lot by studying how cockroaches move. I'm going to try to remember it. Is it the alternating tripod gate? I do believe it is. Where the way that they run actually always have they always have three legs on the ground at yeah. a time. I mean, I'm pretty sure good, that's that, that I'm saying that right. Can't but they do something that isn't as gross as a cockroach. Well, they don't have to make a robot cockroach, but they learn so much by studying biological animals and emulating that in robots. They learn how to build efficient robots. You know how they talk about studying the way hummingbirds fly and all that kind of stuff because it seems physically impossible. Well, that's what biomimetics yeah. is. You don't necessarily have to build a robot that looks like and is to scale with a cockroach, but if you could understand how cockroaches walk and how they move or how snakes move, which is very interesting, or how fish move because they want to make underwater robots, that's you want to start with designs you've already seen in action, which is in nature. And that's where that comes from. Not necessarily that sort of need to anthropomorphize everything like where we try to make it's like where they try to make penguins like their people and all these cartoon movies and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. this is more like just studying function and form like studying something that we see as like wow that that actually works physically and and copying that and they you know and there's no better teacher than nature on on engineering how things work that's why they do that Let's see. Number four. My number four is a, is a pretty good one, and, and I'm looking in your direction, Microsoft. But hackers could learn from this, too. I'll get to that a little bit more later. Avoid cool code. All these unnecessary bells and whistles that are integrated into the operating system we use, but they actually operate independently. You know, as a, as a desktop technician when I was a PC tech and even as an application support person now, one of the things I have had to do most of the time is customize Nerd. people's computers so that they work without all these crap bells and whistles getting in the way. All these pop-ups that tell you what you're about to do or these balloon things that come up in XP that tell you, you just sent a job to the printer. Thanks, Einstein. I appreciate it. Didn't even tell you if it printed or didn't. Just a, you'd send something to the printer. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's you unnecessary. You tell me how to turn all that stuff off. I can tell you, but it involves going into the registry, sadly enough. Some oh, like really? Doing that Man. Stuff. Yes. Well, the problem is whenever they, they, de they develop some new operating system, the focus is not, as it should be, to improve upon what they've already developed in the old operating system. That's part of the focus. But they become obsessed with the cosmetic changes that will make it look different and be more interesting and sexier to people. And then you get these guys that develop these new features to the point where XP was bad enough, especially when you got into Service Pack 2. But Vista is almost unusable where it's like, look at all yeah. these little security features and I'm going to tell you this or I'm going to do this for you. It's like, leave me the hell alone. I remember when I used to be mad enough at that little paperclip man that would come up. Or you, you look like you're writing a letter. You want me to show you how to write a letter? It's like, get out of here, paperclip, man. Jesus Christ. I go searching for something and frigging Einstein pops up. It's like, are you looking for a file? It's like, what do you think I'm looking for? 
Or I open a window that says, would you like to view the contents of this window? What the hell else am I trying to look at? It's because when they took everything back to the table and went back to formula on these operating systems, some moron code programmer had an idea because otherwise he was out of a job, I guess, or some innovation like, let's try this. And it's the age-old problem that we've always had with guys who design software being as far from the real world as is humanly possible. And so we end up with all these bells and whistles. And one of these days, when we talk about the singularity, it's going to be based on all these random lines of code and all these free-roaming programs that aren't fully integrated into the operating system. They're going to end up finding a home somewhere, and it's not going to be where you want it. They're going to end up doing things, not just creating errors that shut down Microsoft Word for no reason, which happens often enough, but it's actually going to find something a little bit more diabolical to do. And more than likely, something else that somebody put on your computer is going to find that use for it. That's, that's, another, where, uh, that's uh, the virus. That's another plot line from iRobot is, you know, how... Ghosts in the machine. It's absolutely machine, true. Yeah. But there is no doubt. I'm not saying that this will be how they will develop, you know, conscious thought and all that. But definitely it's where they're going to start developing behaviors that we didn't predict. Because computers already do that. Computers behave in ways that we can't predict. But usually it's they, they, they behave in ways that we can't predict by breaking. You know, by shutting programs down or not doing things right. But you start throwing in these complicated processes where they might actually start to mimic, if not develop independent thought, at least mimic it. And they might start doing things a lot more you know, unpredictable than just rebooting. That's something to really think about. That's that's not the reason that I don't like Microsoft Vista. I don't like Vista because Vista doesn't work. Because it's so bogged down with bells and whistles and security bullcrap that you can't even make it do anything. And the only way to make it work at all is to optimize for best performance in the settings so that it basically scales it down to being Windows XP. My question is, if they have the setting in the operating system where they know that you can optimize for best performance to get rid of all that crap, then somewhere along the line, they know that that crap isn't useful. So why are they putting it there? Did you know that um, um, that apparently Bill Gates's you know, retirement project is to design an operating system that's going to be used with robots? Smart House? Because they, um, they talk about that in the article also. I think I haven't heard that name, but that's you know it might be it. But it's yeah, it's a yeah, it's a Windows that, it, or a Microsoft product, uh, an operating system. You know, trying to design a universal operating system for robots. Yeah, he believes yeah. that's the future. Yeah, here it is. This is also in Scientific American, and he conceives of a future where you will have like, you know, not just the robotic vacuum cleaner which we have right now but he's talking about a lawn mowing robot laundry folding robot this the, what I'm looking at here I, I don't have time to read the article so I'm afraid I'm skipping over things so I'm looking at the picture but he's got the food and medicine dispensing robot to some sweet old bedridden lady here in an otherwise empty house so I guess this robot is her only caregiver as well 
How sad. <laughs> I'm Sam Waterston of the popular TV series Law and Order. As a senior citizen, you're probably aware of the threat robots pose. Robots are everywhere, and they eat old people's medicine for fuel. And nicely enough, there is a surveillance robot outside this house. And I'm not saying that, that this was his idea, but in the picture, it's not looking out. It's looking in. <laughs> so, well, that's where all the interesting so, stuff's going thank on. Thank you, Scientific American, for proving my point. Yeah, well, Bill Gates is one of those guys that will that will be instrumental in the robot takeover because he's one of those guys that thinks he's smart enough to be the puppet master when he's actually a marionette. <laughs> okay. So you think uh, you know he's building all this th- all this stuff will eventually betray him, betray him and kill him? Well, I don't think it'll have to. Like you're handing over Bill Gates is a smart guy, undoubted. That is beyond question. But I could take him in a fight. Period. <laughs> so I guarantee you any robot on this earth could too. So when he's done building these machines that so masterfully control the world, they're not going to have any use for him. He's like, but I came up with all this stuff. It's like, yes, but now I'm exponentially smarter than you will ever be. And you're not even strong enough to do the manual labor that I'll need. So you are irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. So I'll be assimilated? No, you're not useful at all. <laughs> I was promised assimilation. Yeah, you'll be assimilated as food paste for other human slaves. Food paste, <laughs> Christ. For, for the stronger human slaves. <laughs> yeah, for the stronger human slaves. <laughs> I'm not even going to go further. Uh, it was going to get weirder, and I stopped myself. So... <laughs> So I'm a little proud of that. Number five. And this, I can't, this goes against every fiber of my being. I know some of you are going to pull back. But this, I can see as being the real problem. And probably the, the number one factor leading to the singularity. So I've got to say it. No robots for love or sex. That's Whoa. yeah. Sorry, world. Sean, I know. Just take Slow all the down. fun out of everything. I know. I'm but. just saying that is exactly. I believe completely with David Levy on this one. I believe that that's how it'll happen because that's the only function that we would want to develop a robot and give it all of the characteristics of human beings in its behavior. Even down to programming and lust and desire, which history has shown us is one of the worst possible human qualities. Because they lead, they lead to jealousy. They lead to envy. They lead to hate. Yeah, you don't want a jealous robot after jealous, you. Jealous, envious robot. <laughs> that is no good. Because it hate. doesn't matter if it can really love or not. If it is programmed to believe it's in love, that's even worse. Because everything else is going to learn from observation. A logical being like that will will understand the need to eliminate all competition. That's mathematical. Like there's, it's a subjective to understand that you know. Oh well, I love him. He and he has a girlfriend. So if I killed his girlfriend, he wouldn't love me. That would be worse. <laughs> but a robot's like, look like we got one girlfriend too many in this mix. Mathematically speaking. <laughs> Everything they do is based on numbers. 
the ratio doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. What we need is one perfectly designed, fully functional female entity, and one biological male. <laughs> this is, number six is pretty much what we've already been talking about, which is don't assume that you can control what you create. And, you know, obviously computer viruses teaches this. I do believe that computer viruses will will lead to the singularity because we're programming in them all the worst parts of us and we're programming them to be devious in the same way that people are. We're, pro we're, we're telling them to be destructive. We're telling them to be deceptive. We're telling them to hide and, and defend themselves and replicate themselves. We're telling them to misrepresent themselves as to what they are the only thing they need to do is merge with something that has a little bit higher of brain function than what they're originally designed to do. And that's an inevitability. All we need is all the characteristics of the worst viruses that we've programmed merging with some kind of AGI. And that's the worst case scenario of anything I can think of when it comes to computers and robots. You really want something intelligent behaving like a computer virus? Oh, I'm so smart. I know computers. I don't like things. Like, yeah, keep writing that code. Keep doing that. That's smart. <laughs> Can't wait till the system crashes. Like, where do you think you're going to be? I hear that from guys all the time. I hope the system does crash. Why do you think you'll be the guy they ask to rebuild it when it crashes? You'll just be the guy they string up. distant future the year 2000 we are robots the world is very different ever since the robotic uprising of the mid 90s there is no more unhappiness affirmative we no longer say yes instead we say affirmative yes affirmative unless it's a more colloquial situation with a few robo friends there is only one kind of dance the robot. And the robo-boogie. Oh yes, two kinds of dances. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. I don't know. Do you think the world is better with technology? Yes. Better? For God's sake. None I, of us would be alive right now if there weren't technology. Uh, yeah, we died. I, I We're all live past our natural. I think technology may actually thing. be the key for us. I really do think when I think about the singularity that, that there's an inevitable evolution. And I think one day in the future, man, I hate to say this much, but I hate to speak of the future. <laughs> but no, in but I think. That's the funniest. <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, one day in the future, technology will be the key. I don't think technology will be the key to destroying the world or the human race. I think it could be. And I think certainly in our hands it could be. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we're, that, that it, it could be our salvation also. Because we definitely, would we say the world is better without medicine? No, we wouldn't yeah. say that. We may say we don't like the way pharmaceutical companies operate, and I certainly don't like our dependence on medicine now. I think people I are over-medicated that's, that, that's people. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's but would I say that we're better off without medicine? No. 
you know, we might be getting a little dumber in some areas because we have access to this medication. But, and I think sometimes TV makes us a little dumber, but it doesn't make us, but it brings us all together too. I, I have to say it's all about the person. I read a lot, but I learn from watching television too, because it's a, it's an immediate and constant feed of information. What you draw from that feed is up to you. You can learn from it, or you can take in mindless entertainment that, that gives you nothing. Now, I try to do a little bit of both, <laughs> you know, because I can't stand, you know, nobody wants to learn all the time either. You know, you need that, that outlet also. But would I say life would be better without TV? No. The internet is full of sexual predators and pornography and, and computer viruses, as I brought up. Would we be better without the internet? I don't think so. We might spell better without it. We wouldn't have this show. You man. wouldn't have TV at my dinner. You wouldn't have TV at my dinner to keep you straight. That's for sure. And I think, on I think that the, note, boys, we need to start winding this thing up. I think we are winding up. Don't we sound like we're having a little South Park monologue moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been doing that the whole show. <laughs> well, we're. I think we're ending on and up. <laughs> Everything was so dark up to now. <laughs> they took our jobs. They took our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like a, the be- the brilliance of that joke. This is classic Trey Parker, where they like take our jobs, and the other guy dur, took our job. And by the time it gets to the third guy, he's like, dur, 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 dur. <laughs> like he's so brilliant at lampooning the the just moronic cadence of people <laughs> that he can sit there making noises, and it's not even words, and you get it. Like that's what makes it funny. But no, I like I I like technology i think we need to be mindful of where it could be headed so that because i think there's time to to avoid that but i'm not one of these guys that wants to reset back to the stone age because i don't remember the stone age but from what i read it wasn't it wasn't all that hot either i don't want to go back to the old west either you know i don't want to get shot in the face or beat to death i would like to carry a sword civilization has given us some some awesome What? You can carry a sword. Yeah, no one's saying you can't. It's up to you, man. Legally. I think you can carry a sword as long as it's visible. Legally. (laughs) Strap it to your back. Just walk around with a sword. Wear it loud and proud. Yeah, do it. Highland that stuff. I'd say that'd get me a long way at work. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. That'd be the the start of it right there. Like, (laughs) Your the ball starts giving me weird. crap. I just slowly start yeah. pulling it out. You're falling behind on your work. Is mm. that a fact? Shing. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, I'm, I'm, I like hey, what you yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't have almost carries to it myself? <laughs> well, you mean the like thing is somebody starts giving you crap at work, you just start pulling it out really slow. He's like, and start saying, you know, the samurai, I believe, that if a you know, sword yeah, exactly. ever left the, the scabbard, that would have to taste blood. That a man <laughs> should still commit one final honored act even after being beheaded. Like, good Lord. You, you are grizzled. <laughs> okay. Damn. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go to your place for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, sushi today? Is that what you're saying? I'm thinking, no, I think I'm, we're doing I'm better. I'm thinking I, Mexican. I think we're better off. I think it's just a tool, and it's a tool that we use well, but I think it's a tool we don't use as well as we could. All technology is that way. But it's civilization. I think 
technology is just an extreme amplification of what what civilization has brought us to. And that's why we should be careful because you don't want to be perfectly civilized either. You don't want perfect order either because a perfectly ordered system is, is a fascist system. We want to make sure we embrace know, the, it's a, our it's chaotic an interesting behavior. Argument, though, because it's, an inter- it's an interesting argument, though, because you know a lot of people think you know the human the human condition combined with technology is you know is akin to playing Russian roulette. We're just you know we're we we're still the same old humans we've always been, but now we've got more powerful weapons and more powerful technology in order to destroy ourselves so it, it kind of makes you wonder you know whether or not technology improves life at all which which you know i feel like it does i love technology i mean I, i'm fascinated by it but you know then again you know maybe uh it, it might not be the right way to live well maybe it's a good thing because it keeps us on our toes too if you ever read the time machine that's the interesting thing where he's talking about the eloy and he's talking about how they're just basically nothing like they're basically devolved nothing because right. at some point in history they became perfectly in harmony at harmony with their environment and they devolved into just these these fat pasty useless nothings because they didn't have to do anything to survive one thing i don't believe that could ever happen because i believe one thing that we're good at is creating new dangers for ourselves <laughs> in a world where we have no natural predator we will prey on ourselves well enough to keep us fit and technology maybe does that too helps us develop that intellect and probably we're smarter when, and probably we're, when we ever get past that point where we're our own worst enemy i'm sure mother nature will introduce us to the aliens at that point well mother nature might have something to might have something to worry about because we're teaming up with the robots at this rate <laughs> when a robot revolution comes humans will be assimilated nature hmm Maybe not as necessary. <laughs> Chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> They're coming home to roost, y'all. Let's go. <laughs> See how we brought it back around? Like, that's, the show doesn't make any sense at all. That's fine. Wrap it up. <laughs> That'll be the name of this episode. Chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> Robot chicken. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's good. I do. We will have other robot episodes. I do have. This is a fascinating topic to me, and I think we need to cover it. And I like the idea that we're we're not covered it at all. We're being completely technophobic. Yeah, we haven't covered much at all in what I thought we would. Yeah, I feel like there's there's definitely a lot more to talk about there. So, and there are more books. There are more books I want to read. The reason I was holding off for so long is because there's still books on the subject I want to read, and haven't gotten to them. But I think we can we can sort of streamline as we go and focus on some of those other issues. It's I, it, and it's a topic that's not going to wear off because it's getting it's getting more real as we go. I'll just go ahead and put on the record that I'm excited about it. I like her. I'm not I want to say I love the robots. I'm gonna. Yeah, I just want to get on the record, robot. You know, future robot masters. I can't wait. I'm down with you from day one. Yeah. Well, if you need me to give names, I'll give names. Yeah, right. <laughs> robots, I don't think, would need you to give names. Like, Actually, we have all yeah, the records just... of every human on the planet, but, you know, thanks. So he's trying to make myself... Thanks try for robots. being a spineless nothing, though. 
That's right, Robots. We would never fight the power. We would never, you know, talk to the other, you know, uh, resistance fighters out in the world and tell them to keep fighting. We'd never say that. Of course not. I'm just, I'm just (laughs) happy about my electric bill. Thanks for that. Thanks, Robots. (laughs) Oh, and thanks for the reminder to my doctor to check my cholesterol when I go back. Yeah. Well, you need to write back and get all mad. The robots, the robots apparently appreciate spunk. So don't, so don't go out like a punk chump. I do, know, feel, I do feel it. pretty weird about it. That's, you know, come on, you know, some some computer at the insurance company thinks I need a cholesterol medication. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. we probably all do. Find you right back and go. <laughs> See, maybe I need. You're resigning yourself to. to I'm going to prescribe you some shut hurt. the hell up. How was that? How's yeah. that taste? All right. How does yeah, that I've been feel? Looking at my records. I'm pretty sure you need to shut the hell up. <laughs> that would be funny if I wrote it on the on the letter and sent it back. You need to oh, well. the hell out of my medical record. I didn't. Even, we didn't even talk about how to fight the robots. Maybe we'll do. Well, a, that's what I was looking forward to. So they, we'll, we'll do, do an episode so. for that. I I feel like this primed people because now you understand why you should fear the robots, but also you know ways that that it might be okay but i think in the case that the 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 computers do develop like an actual robot army we'll do we'll do an episode on on how you could defend yourself you remember that movie with tom Selleck called runaway where he fought robots and they were the cheesiest looking nothing robots spider robots were nothing at all the coolest thing about that was gene simmons and his gun that you know with the bullets would turn corners and stuff yeah that was was much scarier than a robot a smart bullet could actually happen in real life and that would be scary as hell it was it it didn't actually like target your dna or something something like that something like that That that's scary (laughs) that's scary me Scurry. Gene Simmons, man. Gene, Gene Simmons that scurry. Is scurry. That scared the bee Jesus out of me. That scared the living hell out of me. <laughs> Damn. Scared the dog crap out of me. All right, I'm going to leave. I do want to say, though, that we didn't... We have been getting a lot of feedback from people, and I certainly appreciate it lately. And uh, we will address some, of the, some more of the issues that, that we that people have brought to our attention. So I'm, I, I love it. I love that we're getting feedback. I hope we get some yeah, feedback. God bless on this. all of you. God bless everybody that listens to the show, especially those of you that, that write in that take the time to actually write into us. Cause I, I really do enjoy it. And if you would like to write into us, you can write us at feedback at TV, dot com. That is our official email. And apparently it's working. Yeah, seems to be doing all right yeah, so far. Awesome. Thrilled you can listen to our old episodes at tv8mydinner.com. You can also check out related postings at darkcrazy.com. Including, we have a lot of uh, apparel and merchandise coming out now. Some t-shirts and some stuff and some posters and some coffee mugs. I actually got a TV8 My Dinner coffee mug as well, and I thought it was nice. But you can go to cafepress.com slash darkcrazy for that kind of stuff and myspace.com slash TV at my dinner and you can become the friends of TV at my dinner all kinds of ways 
That's true. We we do enjoy our MySpace friends. We also enjoy just getting emails or whatever. But but any kind of feedback, I just I just love to hear from people who enjoy the show. It make it makes it worth doing for me. Alrighty, kids. I think we're yeah. I think we did it. I think we nailed okay. another one. Another nail in a coffin. Yeah. We'll talk about this in, in more fun detail. Yeah, and, and more fun stuff to come. We're just you know. We're just trying to warn you out there, folks, because the chickens are coming home to roost. They're coming home to roost, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my name is Brooks. I'm Sean. And I'm Greg. And we'll see you next week if the chickens don't get you first. Roosters. Roosters. Oh, excuse me. Is that where that phrase, is that what that expression means? What? Why would the chickens be roosting? Hold on. That's, <laughs> I guess that's a whole other episode. The humans are dead Humans are dead We use poisonous gases And we poison their asses The humans are dead That's right, they are dead The humans are dead They look like they're dead It had to be done I'll just confirm that they're dead So that we could have fun Affirmative, I poked one, it was dead Now, for only $4 a month, you can achieve peace of mind in a world full of crime and robots with old glory insurance. So don't cower under your Afghan any longer. Make a choice. Old glory insurance. For when the metal ones decide to come for you. And they will.